0: Gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of No Names All Game. Today is August 28th, and it is Week One. Football is back. My name is Chris, joined as always by my co-host Pat. I am I am riding high right now, Pat. How are you feeling? Oh, I mean, between Week One and that special thing that just happened for us, oh, I am very excited. We got a special thing to talk about. It is, like I said, it is uh, the 28th, so it's Wednesday night. We're recording. This will drop sometime tomorrow. Uh, you guys can be listening to this Thursday, Friday, get you hyped for uh, for the actual game. I am currently wearing my number 14, used to be a Christian Hackenberg, but now is a Sean Clifford jersey, uh, and I, I can't wait, man. So a lot of good stuff to talk about uh, in this episode. If you're a new listener, I'll address that. This is season two for us. Um, if you're a new listener, uh, we'll have two episodes a week for you guys. We'll do a preview uh, midweek talking about the upcoming game. And then we'll do a recap after the game, probably sometimes Sunday or Monday, all kinds of good stuff. Um, This episode, we've got an Idaho preview. We're going to talk about some season predictions, and we actually have a great interview with uh, the president of Nittanyville, so stick around for that at the very end. Uh, Pat's going to give us some wrestling updates, a lot of stuff to talk about, so let's get right into it. Um, And Pat, I think I'm going to start with, let's start with the bad stuff, get it out of the way. Um, I don't know if you saw, it's a big story, apparently a former team doctor is uh, suing the school and suing James Franklin for saying that Franklin pressured him to get players back on the field uh, before they were ready. Thoughts?
1: Oh, that's nonsense. It's, uh, it's, it's absolute nonsense is what it is. Um, he's, and you hear from, heard from all the players, everyone's played for him, that he does the exact opposite. And even in like the lawsuit, it doesn't even say that he tried to rush anyone back. It just said that he wanted input in on it or something like that. This guy's a fucking
0: clown. (laughs) That to me was like the craziest part that in the lawsuit, it like couldn't name one specific example. If you're suing someone for something and you can't name one example, probably not a super strong case. Um, this guy's a clown. Absolute clown. And like you said, there's a lot of people coming out on Franklin's behalf. Uh, there, we, I have a thread of it on our Twitter, and I've just been adding to that thread. Like, I almost want to stop, but it's kind of comical how many people have the same story. Um, so it started yeah. with Shane Simmons' mom, Jen, uh, Jason Kabinda, his mom, Natalie, a um, guy named Austin. Who is Awesome, by the way. Jason Kabinda's mom is the shit. Awesome. We will talk about that. Hard Knocks. Great, great segment. Um, his former quarterback at Vanderbilt. Uh, we had um, Paris Palmer, former O-line, Adam Brenneman, uh, Saquon had a quote, um, who else, who else, someone else just did, uh, oh, Trace, Trace just dropped one like an yeah. hour ago about his experience, so, yeah, the whole thing is bullshit, it's ridiculous, um, I hope we don't hear about it again, honestly, I hope that's it, like, there's there's nothing else to talk about. I think this story's gonna die pretty quickly. Yeah, so let's... you hear about it when the case, like, gets dropped or something, yes. but other than that... Exactly, exactly. Nothing. So let's flip to the positive and honestly one of the coolest moments of my life. Um, I'm a big fan of Twitter. If you guys follow us on Twitter, that's like where I live. Like I don't, I'm not very big on Instagram. I'm not good at it. I like Twitter. Um, and we've had some cool interactions with players, with uh, family members of players, former players. Like, It's cool when people interact with us. Um, today was, was the Holy Grail. So this morning, uh, you alluded to it, uh, Jason Cabinda had some... some uh, some screen time on Hard Knocks. A uh, lot of screen time on Hard Knocks. A lot, yeah. What, you, let's start there? What'd you think of that? Did you did you watch any of it? Yeah, of course. I uh, I actually came in my apartment
1: while my roommate was watching it, and I'd seen the preview from the other week. I was like, is uh, there was some guy was like, I saw his mom was coming on was uh. It's his name Jason Kabinda.
0: <laughs> yeah, has been all in the episode. Nice. I was so pumped, and dude, he's got like several minutes devoted just to him. Yeah, yeah, which is pretty cool. And I know they like to build up the storyline of like guys on the bubble and might make the team. Like he played in like ten games last year as a reserve. He had and twenty like, tackles. I I think he's gonna make the team. I don't think it's a yeah. real like. I don't think it's a real storyline, but it makes for good TV. And he's a great guy. I remember tweeting out before. Uh, the season of Hard Knocks, when we found out it was the Raiders. I was like, every year, there's one guy that everyone falls in love with. Watch out. And like
1: The first three episodes, I was so bummed that he, he wasn't there at all. Same.
0: same. I was like, fuck, man. Fuck. I really thought. He's like prime candidate. Um, but we got it this episode. Him and his mom. Uh, he FaceTimes his mom. Brings her up to Winnipeg for their game against the Packers. Uh, and, and the clip I tweeted out, um, I ripped it from HBO. HBO, please don't sue me. So I tweeted out a clip, like, hey, there's a lot of cool on-the-field moments uh, of Cabinda, but safe to say... Um, you know, uh, Mrs. Cabinda stole the show, uh, and it was just a clip of them, like, walking around Winnipeg and just kind of bonding. It was really cool to see, like, that personal element. Um, So, probably about two hours ago before we are recording this, Jason actually retweeted it uh, and said, uh, made a joke about the clip, said, like, lol, my phone does have the better camera, Uh, and I thought that was awesome. He's he's interacted with us before, he's tweeted us before. Really, really cool. Big shout out to Jason. Uh, Welcome on the podcast anytime. And then, we know you're listening. He, he probably is. He's the man. Yeah. <laughs> and then probably I don't know twenty minutes later or so, I'm sitting at this very desk, just kind of browsing my phone, and I see a notification pop up, and it says Saquon Barkley retweeted your tweet. And honestly, like I'm like, okay, you know what? Most of the time, people like there's a lot of people who have like their display names on Twitter as whatever, like fan accounts, right? So I click into it. I open it. See that little blue check mark. I kid you not. I sat here freaking out for a good like five minutes. Like double, triple checking. Is it actually him? Is it a burner? Is it one of those fake ones that like people try to catch you with? And I look at him like, so I go to Saquon's actual Twitter account. And what I thought was really, really cool is he retweeted Kabinda's like joke tweet about it. But then he also just flat out retweeted ours. So like ours. He's account- a man of the people. He is. Our account is on Saquon Barkley's. time. People's, right people's champ.
2: People's
1: champ. Like move over the Rock. <laughs>
0: Saquon Barkley is the people's champion. I like. I mean, the the true holy grail of this whole podcast would be to get an interview with Saquon. Like that's hands down, that would be uh, for me the greatest thing in the world. And just to have him just acknowledge that. Like I said, for him, it was a no. Like it was a non thought. It wasn't like oh, these guys are probably cool. It was I like this clip. I'm gonna retweet it. That's it. For me, that shit meant the world. So Saquon, if you're out there, if you're listening, if you're watching, thank you, man. That was awesome. You also have an open invitation. Come on the show anytime you want. I'm going to take a breath. so <laughs> oh, fucking cool, man. I, dude,
1: I'm like sitting here in my childhood bedroom and I feel, I
0: feel like a child after, after that retweet. I, honestly, it's exactly how I felt. So um, I don't know where we go from here. I don't know how we go up, but it was fun. So Not sure it's possible. But... Yeah. Should we just quit? Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a real fun Bow ride before
1: us, peasants. Been a fun Same ride. Fun they retweeted us. <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, so other other quick topics um, before we get into the actual Idaho preview. Um, one thing that I saw uh, on Twitter as well uh, that I thought was pretty cool is a lot of the um, position coaches are tweeting out videos of former players wishing the current team good luck. Uh, I pers- I haven't seen anything like that before. Have you? No. At least not from, from the Penn State team. I mean, maybe other teams do it. Um but it was pretty cool. I saw uh Coach Spencer tweeted out one the other day of Sharif and he was like, I think in his car and he was like, Hey, like, yo, to my young guys, like, best of luck this year, I'll be watching you. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. Maybe like a one off thing. And then I saw another one and it was uh Daquan Jones, former D lineman now with the Tennessee Titans. Same kind of thing. Hey, good luck guys. It's like, oh all right, maybe this is like a little something. Today there's one from uh, Saquon and Grant Haley in the Giants' locker room. There's one from uh, Kyle Carter, tight end with the Buffalo Bills. There's one from Trace McSorley with the Ravens. Like all these guys, just kind of taking and uh, they're like ten second clips. But I thought it was really cool that like they're they're taking the time to do that. Coaches are tweeting them out, and then of course Franklin tweets every single one of them with a, a hashtag. We are.
1: I mean, you're you're kidding yourself if you don't think James Franklin realizes how good this is for recruiting. Oh yeah, big time. You get the the visibility of how many penn state guys are in the nfl like next level making money playing football and that they still have a strong connection to the university
0: he knows it's he it's, knows. An incredible it's a great tactic yeah yep really is and and it's cool and i think i think that's a really good point you make because for penn state i think i think it's maybe i don't know how to say this without sounding like it's going to sound worse than i mean it but it's not as well known like the nfl success that we've had like, you look at Alabama, it's a given, yeah. right? You look at LSU, it's a given. Ohio State, it's a given. So I think this is really cool to show that. Um, and, and like you said, it's 100% for recruiting. Like I, I mean, I'm sure the team likes it, but no one on the current team is like, oh, wow, Saquon made a video for us. Oh, wow, Trace made a video. No, those motherfuckers are texting each other. Like, you know, this is yeah. 100% for the press, and I, I personally love it. I think it's pretty cool. All right, so let's jump in to our Idaho preview. Um, so this is how we're going to do it. Like I said, for anyone who is a new listener, and honestly anyone at all because we weren't very consistent with these last year. So we're going to try to do these every week. Um, we are going to do a preview of the team that we're playing. We'll take a look at sort of anything on the depth chart, any injuries, any sort of any issues that, um, that we, we see. We'll take uh, uh, a couple looks at the key to victory, what we think is going to be the real key to winning that game, where we're going to have a segment called Don't Be Surprised If, something, a bold prediction, something that we're going to shout out, uh, and then we'll make an official prediction. So let's start with Idaho. This is our first opponent of the year and our first FCS opponent since 2011. Thoughts? I don't like
1: that we're opening up with an FCS opponent, I think especially in this day and age where the Big Ten seems to get snubbed from the college football playoff. It, it does, it's not enough to just win the Big Ten and make it in. You know, not, We're a long shot to make the playoff to begin with, but yeah. don't make this any harder on yourselves. Like, there, There's a decent chance that Penn State could win. Like, it, Penn State could win the Big Ten with one or two losses. Yeah. That's not impossible.
0: Yeah. But if they do that, they won't make the playoff. Sure, sure. So I think it's it's interesting um, with Idaho because they were actually an FBS team. They just dropped down to the FCS last year from what I'm reading, which I didn't even know was possible. And they didn't even do that well, right? Didn't they go like four and seven? Four and seven in the FCS. Yeah. Which also is crazy. That's only 11 games. So they only play 11 games in the FCS? I guess they don't have a bowl game. Yeah, but still, I mean, our regular season is 12, right? Uh, Who cares? I don't know. Anyway... Uh Here nor there. Not paying attention to these people. Here nor there. Um, but yeah, they are they are in the FCS. My guess is when we scheduled this, they were an FBS team, and then they dropped down. Probably. Either way, they are not a good team. They are not good in the FCS. This should be an absolute blowout. Um, yeah. We look at last year, App State was scary. It was very, very scary. But I think the difference is App State was... Albeit a Division two team, they were FBS Division two, and they were really good in their conference. Like, yeah, I mean, they were a borderline ranked team at one point last season. Yeah, and we still should have crushed them. Like, I, I I'm not making yeah. excuses. We should have beat them, but they weren't the, bums, though. Yes, exactly. They weren't bums in Idaho. Like respect to the people in Idaho, but your team is a bunch of bumps. <laughs> yeah, like you, you went to high school with kids that could play on this team. Yes, you know very I mean? likely. Very likely. Um, me personally, probably not. I'll hand up. Um, I wasn't was an incredible wide receiver. I had like three catches to my high school career. So That's look it. out, nice. Uh, but yeah, it should be an absolute blowout. Uh, I I think this will be I think this will be a fun, a, a true warm up game, like a fun warm up game where we have a lot of things that we're gonna be working out, a lot of young pieces, a lot of kind of new, uh, new <laughs> starters, and and I I'm kind of excited for it. So let's go with uh, let's start with the key. Had to show on
1: Clifford's stats for the Heisman race. Is what, Hell what this game's yes. all about.
0: Hell yeah. Sean Clifford for Heisman. Love it. Uh, so let's start with the key to victory. So obviously we know this is going to be a win regardless. So maybe the key to like a good victory, a blowout, what's your key? I say key to victory is I don't, know, like, don't put Ipecac in the, the water coolers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't put Ipecac? Yeah, that thing that makes you throw
0: up. Yeah, no, I know what it is. I just couldn't believe you actually said it. <laughs> okay. Like I think that's the key to victory. This right, week. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> listen. If you want, if you want real takes, if you want real football takes, there are a lot of Penn State podcasts out there. Um, I will say, actually, let me let me interject there too. Uh, I probably should have said this at the top. There are a lot of new Penn State podcasts this season. I don't want to say we were first because we weren't. There there were some other, but but listen, we all are the OGs of this game. Uh, so yeah, there are a bunch of good ones out there, 24/7. The Athletic has one. The Penn State team actually has one now. Uh, Mitch Gerber, their like communications guy, does one, and he has all of the access to all the players and coaches, whatever. So I'm not jealous, whatever. <laughs> um, but if you want fun takes, if you want to shoot the shit about the team, like you do with your friends, it happens we're here. We're your guys. It happens here. And no uh, names, all game. I will give you a little bit more of an actual key to victory uh, or a key to a blowout. Um, what I'm looking for is, is the shutout like absolute defensive dominance. Um, I looked up the last time we played an FCS opponent uh, was 2011 Indiana state. The team won 41 to seven. I want to see a shutout. I don't want to see any points. I mean, right, if you get a field goal, whatever, I'll be fine. I w- let me rephrase. I want zero touchdowns. Um, this defense is going to be a strength for us. We have a ton of key pieces. Um, I, I want to see absolute domination, and, and I think it'll happen. Um, you know what I really want
1: to see out of this game?
0: What's that? I, I don't want our quarterback to be sacked one time. Ooh. One, zero
1: zero sacks. I love that.
0: Yeah, okay, see, now forget the Ipecac. Now we're getting you back into the right. real game. Uh, that's, uh, yeah. what, that's honestly what I want to see. Yeah, no, I think it's a really good point. You know, you, You've been very open with your... Uh, gripes about the offensive line and you know let's uh, let's actually take a look at the depth chart because i did i did skip that piece uh so the official depth chart came out a couple days ago um offensive line let's start there so Rashid walker is your starting left tackle um the guards like we thought are going to be in in a kind of a three-man rotation with thorpe miranda gonzalez Uh, michael Mennett is your center and then will fries is your right tackle Uh, one thing to note des holmes is the backup for both tackles so while there's there's not an or designation in the depth chart, so if you're not familiar with that, when Franklin knows there's going to be a lot of rotation or the guys are even, he puts kind of as co-starters. It says like Mike Miranda or CJ Thorpe. Um, for the tackles, both uh, Rashid Walker and Will Fries are listed as outright starters, and Des Holmes listed as the backup for both. So I think I think we had that pretty nailed down when we were doing some of our predictions, but um what do you think pat as as far as that offensive line makeup what are you what are you expecting what are you hoping uh you know i'm I'm certainly hopeful um it's a
1: pretty young group right you know a lot of a lot of sophomores on there juniors um i think i think getting some new blood in there might might be good uh but i, I honestly i don't know a lot about these guys yeah uh,
0: yeah i think uh i think I think for me Menet being uh kind of having his second year as center, um being able to kind of call the shots, he is a, he is a captain this year. Um we can talk about the captains in a little bit too. Um I think that's going to be big, I really do. I think Gonzalez uh being an older more veteran guy and and having that rotation with both Miranda and Thorpe is is really important. Um you know, it gives you it gives you the veteran veteran presence but also the push of the young guys. Um I'm excited about Rasheed Walker. Yeah, a little competition's got to be good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll,
1: I'll tell you what I actually did really like that I saw the offensive line over the off season was that they were bringing in a lot of NFL O line coaches to work with them. So I think that was you know that that's got to be a good thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Franklin mentioned that they've had a lot of o, uh, a lot of NFL coaches and former personnel and whatnot around the program this summer. So that's really cool. A um, couple other quick things to note on the depth chart. A uh, reminder, Cam Brown is out for the first half of this game for his targeting call in uh, the end of the Citrus Bowl. Which was it, a horrible call. It wasn't very good, but it is what it is. He's got a service suspension. He'll be back the second half. So that allows Jesse Lucada, uh to get a starting spot at linebacker alongside Mike Parsons and Jan Johnson. So that's pretty cool. Um, Don Johnson, cornerback, is not listed on the depth chart uh, when he's going to be a clear probably fourth corner, uh, third or fourth corner. Um, yeah, third, probably, sorry. Um, found out today in the post, uh, post-practice interview from Franklin that he is suspended for the game for a violation of team rules. So we're not going to find out what that is. Franklin never says it, but I'm... I like that he keeps it tight to the chest. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of his thing with, with suspensions, with injuries, with anything. Tail does that too. Cale's yeah. the same way. Doesn't tell you anything. yeah. And then, like, why why should they? Like, they have nothing. To, yeah. if, they have nothing to say. Um, I'm actually kind of happy it's a suspension because when I saw him not on the depth chart, I was like, oh shit! If this is an injury, that's a bigger deal. Because like I said, he's gonna be because you got our starters are John Reed and Tariq Castro Fields. Uh, Don Johnson is that third corner. So um, yeah, it sucks that he's suspended, but glad it's not an injury. Yeah, you know these things happen. Yep. They're in college, they go out, have a couple of brewskis, bang a few chicks, you know, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you get suspended. That's it, man. Just be safe. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. be safe. A um, couple other things to note. Uh, running back, all four are listed as ors. So it's Ricky at the top, or Journey, or Noah, or Devin. Um, and they've been super open. They want to play all four of them. I kind of expected Ricky to be listed as the outright starter and then the other three with the or. but I'm not going to get too worked up over it.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's... It's still going to be like Ricky Slade won and then and the committee.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and then the last uh, last thing to call out is KJ. Uh, he is all over this depth chart. KJ Hamler is listed as your starting slot wide receiver. He's the first backup to the outside wide receiver behind Jahan Dotson, which is interesting. They're going to use him in both of those spots. Uh, he's the starting kick returner and the starting punt returner. Your thoughts? Um.
1: It's one of those things does make me like a little nervous that he's returning punts and kicks just because like that is an injury prone position. A lot of things can happen. There's there's other fast guys on this team. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's also gonna be very electric having him back there. He's such a playmaker that it's hard to pass up on a guy like that starting out every drive with the ball, essentially.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think I think my what I what I think may happen is I think, personally, I think I think you'll see him at kick returner all year. Like, I don't think that changes a whole lot. Um, maybe some rotation in games, but I don't, I don't think he ever loses like that starting spot. I could see them giving somebody else punt uh, punt returns just yeah. because I think I think he's I think he's more electric on a kick return. Like, I think the gap between him and the next kick returner is maybe a little bit bigger than the gap between him and the next punt returner. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised. Is Journey Brown anywhere on the kick punt return depth chart? Um, he's got
0: some some wheels on him. Yeah. I'll be honest. I don't have it pulled up. Let me, uh, (laughs) yeah, we'll look at, um,
1: and the other one I liked was, uh, Brandon Smith was a second outside linebacker, right? Uh,
0: yes. Uh, and again, that may be uh, a little bit inflated from, uh, the cam Brown suspension. Um, because if, if you, yeah, if you have cam Brown there, um, and I actually, Brandon, Brandon Smith is the third, uh, but it's it's Jesse, and then Micah is actually listed as the second behind him, despite starting at the other one. So they do that a lot. They'll take a starter and put him as a backup. I'd, I'd like to one. see uh,
1: I'd like to see some action out of Brandon Smith this season. Yeah,
0: so that's actually a great uh, a great. And then my segue. my man
1: Jaquan Brisker was the fourth safety, I believe.
0: Yeah, yeah. So so oh, actually, we're going to be seeing him on the field. Oh, we're going to be seeing a lot of him. So let's let's wrap up this depth chart talk because we're fucking rambling, and I apologize, people. But here's the last two things I'll say. So. uh Things I'm super super excited about from the depth chart, uh, starting opposite Yitor Grossmatos on the end, Shaka Tony. My God, yes. I'm very excited about that. Got some uh, speed on the outside. Hell yeah, and he's big now. He's gonna be. He's gonna be a presence. Um, starting opposite Garrett Taylor at safety is Lamont Wade. Uh, I don't want to say. I don't want to say I was right. You were wrong, but I was right. You were wrong. Redemption uh, <laughs> story. Yeah, I, I'm so happy for this kid. I know you like Jaquan Brisker, and we're gonna see a lot That's of him it. too. But for Wade to get the starting spot, to be in that sort of in that position, to really take control, be a leader, be a part of this defense, um, I could not be happier for the kid. Absolutely, love to see it. So the last thing on the depth chart is the green lights. So Franklin has a system. Uh, if you, for all of your freshmen, uh, green light means you're absolutely going to play. You're going to burn your red shirt. Uh, yellow. Oh, actually, I one more thing I
1: was really excited about was seeing yep. Justin Shorter as the first first guy listed on the depth chart.
0: Yes. Yes, absolutely. How did I, want I get that? i
1: dying to see some action out of this kid.
0: Yeah. I mean, this, this offense, like, if, I mean, there's so many hypotheticals, of course, but, like, if healthy and if living up to even close to the potential, it's just so exciting, man. Like, you look at that that skill set. It's Shorter, Friarmouth, Hamler, Dotson, Slade, Clifford. That's kind of exciting, man. I like it. That's kind of exciting. Um So we look at the freshmen, like I said, uh, green light, yellow light, red light. Green means you're absolutely playing. You're going to burn your red shirt. Yellow means maybe. We'll see what happens. Red means, yeah, you're probably not going to burn that. Um, And remember, there's that new rule. You can play four games and still keep your red shirt. So these guys will kind of move week to week. But as of now, your four – or I'm sorry, your green light guys, there's seven true freshmen and then three transfers. Green light, Keaton Ellis, D-back. He's actually listed as the second corner behind John Reed, which is awesome. True freshman has been making a ton of splashes in camp. Uh, Defensive end, Adisa Isaac. Linebackers, Lance Dixon and Brandon Smith. Offensive lineman, Caden Wallace. To be a green light as a true freshman O-lineman, that's crazy. I mean, the dude is massive. He's huge. He's a mauler. I'm very excited for him, but that's crazy. Uh, And then the running backs, Noah Cain and Devin Ford. Those are your true freshmen starting green lights. And then your transfers are Jaquan Brisker, Jordan Stout, the kickoff kicker, and wide receiver Weston Carr. So you're going to see a lot of new faces, a lot of guys getting playing time. Um, we, we kind of skipped the don't be surprised if because it's Idaho, whatever. But I think I think for me, don't be surprised if you see a lot of these young guys, especially when you have those four games to play with. Third, fourth quarter, you're going to be seeing some guys, especially if we have the lead that I hope we'll have. Um yeah, you're going to be seeing a lot of guys in there just getting reps, seeing what it's like at this pace of play.
1: I'm going with, don't be surprised if Penn State covers the spread but doesn't make
0: the over. Oh, Pat, you are incredible at segways. That's my next topic. Um, okay, so Pat says, don't be surprised if they cover the spread but don't hit the over. So listeners, you're probably thinking, well, what is the spread? What is the over? I'm here for you. Uh, the line, it's, it's, it's funny because like, there's some books that don't even have this on the board. I don't know why. Um, but what I can find is that Penn State is a thirty-nine and a half point favorite. Yeah. So you're you're taking that cover thirty-nine yes.
1: and a half. Okay. We win by
0: forty. Okay. I love it. Under. Where is? We're 58. the only team that scores. Under over is fifty-eight and a half. Um, yeah. So this is this is another thing we're going to do this year as well. Uh, we are actually going to um, pick our bets. Uh, so. I have something else coming down the line. We talked about it in our last episode of how we're going to actually do some gambling with you guys. Um, I'll be honest; I haven't got that done yet, so we'll get there, but not this week. Um, but for each game, I want to actually make some make some picks at least, and uh, we'll keep track of it. So, uh, your pick is Penn State minus thirty nine and a half. You're taking that. Yes,
1: I know you like to hammer the over, but I'm going the under here. So I say we're the only team. I, I say that Idaho doesn't score. Okay.
0: Yeah. I. I I love it. Uh, I love those picks. I think they're very rational. I think they're very smart. And, like, I I have such a hard time taking an under. I I don't know. Like, I don't know if I could do it. Um, I probably won't actually bet on this game, like, real money, to be honest. Just because, like, I don't love these lines. Um, I don't want to pick the exact same things as you. But, I mean, you have the right picks. So, just for fun, I'm going to take Penn State covering. I'm going to take the over. All right. Uh, Let's do Let's do some official score predictions. So for me, to cover the 40 points, to go over 58 and a half, uh, it's going to be 66 to 3. That's, my, to that's three. my prediction, 66 right, to 3. What's on your on, official you. prediction? Um, let's see.
1: I'm going 49 nothing.
0: Ooh, okay, okay. I like it. Like I said, this really, truly should be a blowout. Like, this is... This is a cupcake warm up. Like we always complain about the Alabamas and the Clemsons of world getting those no name teams. Like, this is the no name team. If you want to be seriously considered for the Big Ten championship, if you want to be seriously considered as a playoff contender, like you gotta murder these teams. Like there should be no let up. I don't wanna hear anything about running up the score. I don't wanna hear anything about holding back. Like put your foot on the pedal and don't let up. That's it. Forty nine nothing. All right, so official official picks, and I'll, uh, I'll put this in either the video or the graphic. I don't know what we're going to do. We'll see what happens. Official picks, Pat, 49 nothing. Chris, 66-3. And that's uh, Idaho. I almost said Iowa. Same shit. Um, all right, so that I was, was a little, little better. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> slightly better. Um, so that'll be your weekly preview. Uh, every week we'll do this, uh, talking about the opponents. And obviously as we get into the more thick of our schedule, there will be more to talk about. So... This one's a little bit quick, so we're actually going to jump into our season-long predictions. Uh, we did this last year. We did bold predictions. I'm actually going to try something right now. I'm going to try to see if I can play our bold predictions from last year. This might work. This might not. So I might be cutting it out. Okay. Um, okay. Pat, do you remember what your bold prediction was from last year? If you do, don't say it, but I'm just curious. Nope. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> perfect. This is perfect. This is great. So uh, we're going I, I, to- I have a pretty good guess, though. Okay, all right, let's see. Um, all right, so let me know if you can hear this. One does the same junk, so we will succumb to it right now. Sure. Can you hear this? Yeah. One, all right. I, I have two. I mean, you have? one or two. One. You got one. This so is about a year ago a when we're doing our App State preview. The season. Um, and I'll kick it off, and then you can do yours, and I'll come back. So I'm going to start with the offense. My bold prediction for the offense, I, I foreshadowed it earlier, if you were paying attention. Uh, I'm going to say we are going to have three – at least three all Big Ten offensive linemen. Ooh. So. Okay, that was my bold prediction. Guess what, motherfuckers? It came true. We had three. Oh, wow. I mean, and, and, and we did say they were across all three teams. No honorable mentions, but all three teams. All um, right. And we did. We had, uh, I think it was Bates, McGovern, and Gonzalez, or Bates, McGovern, and Mennett, maybe. Um, so, yeah, that's one that came true. Uh, so <laughs> let's flip gone, to yours. They think Pretty sure mine's going to be wrong. So my bold—I don't know how bold the prediction is—is is that
1: by oh by the time Ohio State game rolls around, either Koa Farmer or Micah Parsons is our starting Mike linebacker. Oh yeah! So like, hey, I, I like that. So you're saying yes. Jan
0: Johnson, who has six games to his credit and is a starting <laughs> wrestler,
2: <laughs> he, has, he has eight uh, Penn State wrestlers. Oh
1: Tennessee man! So Eat you're your words!
0: Not cut it? Oh, oh God! I want to say not going to cut it. Jan yeah. Johnson oh, made dude, you look right silly. Off. Way off. Uh, My last one. All right, this is my last one. So I'll I'll edit this. This is obviously a lot of dead air. But this is my last one and the one I'm actually most proud of. Last one is on the defensive side of the ball. And uh, this is what we talked about. We talked about the defensive line earlier. And and like I said, I think I'm a little bit higher on the defensive line than you are. I'm I'm excited. I think we've got some really good pass rushes this year that will be tested against some of the Big Ten teams. But this is my bold prediction and definitely a little hot take. Like, I, I could have gone easily and said Sharif Miller will lead the team in sacks because, he led last year at five and a half. But I'm going to say Yitor Gross Matos. Don't tell me. Oh, say, come sad. on. I called. Nobody come knew on. about Yitor Gross Matos going into last year. Nobody knew about him. He had a sack and a half the year before, played in rotation. Nobody knew. And what happened? Now he's a potential first round pick. So your boy. all game knew about him. Your boy. <laughs> so those are our picks from last year. I picked offensive lineman on All Big Ten. I picked each other across Montos and you shat on Jan Johnson. So, All All so let's us uh, yeah, So, let's talk, so about, let's talk about bold predictions for this year. Uh, I have two again. You have any? You have one? You have seven? Okay, I'll come up with one. All right. Such preparation, Pat. <laughs> I love it. I will give you this. You've, you've been traveling. Like I said, Pat is in yeah, his childhood yeah. bedroom back home in New Jersey. I uh, love the Yankees poster in the back. Shout oh, out. Oh, yeah, baby. So I have two. Um, we talked a little bit before about KJ on kick return, punt return. My bold prediction for this season is we are going to have five or more return touchdowns. Let me say it again. Bold prediction: We are going to have five or more return touchdowns, punt or kick. Instant reaction. Okay. I like that actually. I think that's uh, it's high, but it's reasonable. So I'll, I'll tell you why it's. I'll tell you why based it's on bold. your history of bold predictions. I mean, I, uh, pretty, uh, looks pretty, pretty good. damn good. Pretty damn good. Uh, I'll tell you why it's bold. So I actually, I know, I know we went through like a drought of punt and kick return for touchdowns, but I actually, so I did the math and I wanted to look it up. Um, last year we had one, DeAndre Tompkins. Uh, the year before that we had three. Uh, Saquon had two returns. Do you remember the the Indiana game uh, where we were in those throwbacks, and then also the Ohio State game that he opened it up with. And DeAndre Tompkins also had one. Before that, so that's 2018-2017. We have four total in those two years. Before that, you know how far you have to go back to get another one? I got nothing. 2011. 11, okay. When the legendary kick returner Chaz Powell took into to the house. Uh, so my my bold prediction is uh, we've had five over the last nine seasons, eight seasons. Um we're going to have five or more this season. And I think, I think it for a couple of reasons. I think one, Joe Lorig, the new special teams coordinator. uh, I've heard nothing but good things about this dude. And what I loved is in Franklin's press conference this week, he talked about how he just is a special teams coordinator. So there's a lot of guys who, who fill that role either want to be defensive coordinators or want to be head coaches, but like Joe Lorig lives it, breathes it, eats it, sleeps it. Um, I think he's off. (laughs) <laughs> I think he's I think he's gonna do a lot of good things for the special teams in general. I think is gonna have a good year. I think Jordan Stout, the kickoff kicker, is gonna have a good year. But I think I think with him in the fold and like you mentioned before, with just the amount of speed we have, like the I mean you look at the depth chart, it is. It's KJ, it's Journey, it's Ricky. Uh John Reed is on there as a punt returner. He used to do that. So I think I think there's so many options that you'll see enough rotation that I think KJ gets at least one. I mean, he flashed last year. I think he gets at least one. I think you see some other guys get in there. So I'm saying five or more kick-slash-punt returns for touchdowns. Okay.
1: I got, I got one for you. Let's do Starting it. Starting on the defensive side of the ball. Hell yeah. Penn State ends the season as both the top scoring defense and most sacks in the Big Ten. Ooh.
0: That is bold. That is bold. points there allowed
1: it. and most sacks.
0: Yeah, there are some good defenses in the Big Ten. Um, okay, I love that. And who who anchors the sacks for you? If you had to pick who's leading the league who's leading the team in sacks. We won't um, hold you to this one. We will okay. hold you to your actual but I just want for to fun. say Yeeter gets all the attention
1: this season, so Shaka Tony is my sack leader.
0: I love that. I do. I think like I
1: said, I, yeah. I'm much I'm, like I'm, the Sharif Yeeter of yep. last year, where yep. Sharif gets all the attention, Yeeter steps up, I think the same thing happens this season.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. I think Shaka's going to have a really, really big impact. Uh, excited to hear about Jason Owe. He's the guy that you've yeah. heard about all year. He won a freaking Street Award the other day. Herbie does his, like, his uh, Herbie's Yeah, most likely preseason. to break out, right? Yeah, so I, I mentioned this before, but typically when Franklin, like, hypes a guy up throughout camp, um, typically it actually comes comes to fruition. We've seen it in the past, so um excited for Jason Owe, too. I think that's a good prediction, though. I, I think this defense has... The talent, I think it's one of the best defenses we've seen in the Franklin era, if not the best. Um, and, yeah, I actually agree with that. I agree with that assessment.
1: Part of the reason I'm saying this is because we play Michigan at home. The like mm. one team that like racks up huge points against us, we play in Beaver Stadium.
0: Yeah, for the whiteout. Um, which, let's actually touch on that for a second. Have you heard these rumors that it's going to be a fucking noon kick? Oh, get out of here with that. Yeah, so I actually I, I was reading about it because uh, I guess Fox has the rights to it or something, um, and I, I didn't know exactly why. But uh, Cameron from Nittanyville, who you guys will hear in just a minute, actually told me it's because uh, I guess the American League uh, Championship Series, the um, ah. uh, baseball, is is on that same day or something. So if that if that conflicts, there might be an issue, but. I don't like white, it. If we have whiteout at noon, that's miserable. I don't like it. That takes all of the all of the allure away from it. I'm getting mad, Chris. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Good bold prediction, though. So I have one more. I have one more bold prediction. This one is this one is like, I'll, I'll say it like I said last year. Like this is a little bit hot takey. Like I don't know if I fully believe this, but I want it to come true. Whereas the other one, I fully believe. Um. This bold prediction is that we are going to have at least one Consensus All-American. Okay. So, I I will be 100% honest. I don't know exactly what goes into Consensus All-American, but I know there's at least like three or four different services that uh, choose All-Americans. There's like the AP. There's the Sports Writers of America. There's there's all kinds of different ones. Um, But I looked it up. In Penn State's history, storied history, how many consensus All-Americans do you think we have? Seven. That's nah, a little more than that, but still, 42. Okay, it's a lot more than that. Yeah, but, but still, in the grand scheme of things, how many years we've been playing the game, only 42 players have been consensus All-Americans. Yeah, that's true. So you look back at it, uh, last one was Saquon in 2017, obviously. Uh, before that was Carl Nassib in 2015. Remember, he had that crazy run and okay. like, led the country in tackles for loss. Um, before that, you got to go back to 2011 for Devin Still. <sniffs> 2008 for Aaron Maybin, 07 Dan Connor, Paz Lezny in 05 and 06, Tom Bahali in 05, Larry Johnson in 02, and then you kind of get into those glory years. But, I mean, you look at, like, the 2010s, if you will. I hate that name, by the way. You yeah, look at this so decade. this decade, it's been Devin Still, Carl Nassib, Saquon Barkley. I got a feeling we're going to get one this year. And, yeah. I mean, you look last year, we had a couple guys make the freshman All-America team in uh, Friar, Muth, Parsons, and Hamler, because Hamler is a redshirt freshman. Um, I think one of those guys, uh, possibly Yitor, like I, I think there's, I think out of the pool that we have, one of these guys is just going to have a magnificent year and, and land on that consensus All-American list, um, which is incredible just for recognition, but also you get a plaque in the Penn State uh, football building. So pretty damn cool. Um, my
1: my uh, I'm channeling you in my my second bold prediction. Let's do it. I say we have three pass catchers who end the season as all American.
0: Oh, it's gonna be KJ, Justin Shorter, and Pat Fryermuth. Okay, I love that. So as any any type of all American, not consensus. Yeah, any type of all American. I like that. That's that's a great bold prediction. Yeah, because there there's plenty of guys that have gotten all America honors, but consensus is just super hard. Three, that, that's. <laughs> Okay, Great. guys. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, we get bold on this show, right? Yes. Uh, okay, so let's finish it off with maybe the boldest of predictions, official record prediction. You and I have talked about this many times on many episodes. Um, I think we kind of hover around the same area. Um, what What is your official prediction for the 2019 Penn State Nittany Lions? 10-2. 10-2 thank ended. you man fuck you that's that's exactly what i was gonna say uh all right 10 and 2 pat says it um and i, I agree so this is bad radio because we have the same answer but uh yeah so you know I, we don't collaborate before the episode yeah honestly we, we don't do a good job of that we probably should like no, discuss no, i like the, it better this way yeah just free flowing it's raw yeah that's true um okay so 10 and 2 i i yeah i went back and forth a couple times like and might be a little bit more realistic, but, like, I don't know, man. I'm just, I I got a feeling. Like I said, this team reminds me a lot of that 2016 team where everyone's kind of doubting, everyone's saying, well, it's not this year, it's going to be next year. If you remember in 2016, they said that. They're like, well, it'll be next year. They got the pieces, but it'll be next year. And then we went on that magical run, won the Big Ten, and unfortunately lost in the Rose Bowl, but had a really, really incredible year. And And we've got Michigan at home this year, where we historically own them. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the surprise win that, like, we're underdogs, we'll be underdogs probably the week of. Um, I think that's the one that people take as, like, we'll sneak that win. Uh, at Ohio State is tough, right? They have they have Ryan Day and Justin Fields as, as new pieces, of course, but that's just – it's been a tough game for us the last, you know, three years, however many it's been. Um, yep. We've got Iowa. We've got Michigan State. Uh, a lot of people are, are talking Minnesota as a potential, like, loss. I don't – I don't get that one a whole lot. Yeah, let's um, see it. But yeah, I think for me, ten and two is it. ten and two is where we're at. We win the Big Ten East. We win the Big Ten. Maybe we get to playoff. Who knows? Um, but that's that's where I'm at. Um, we we talked on our last episode yes. about about actual betting. Um, I was gonna try to do it right now live on the show, but my fucking account's not working. Um, oh, hey! Now we're in. We're in. Okay, Pat. This is this is happening right now. We're gonna take our. We're gonna take Lights our. 50, we're gonna take our fifty bucks that we've uh, made off of our ads. So thank you all for listening. Uh, just to show you the glamorous life of a podcaster. That's how you're much we made in a year. Um, we'll get there one day. We'll get there. Um, so, being that we are in the state of California, where things are not quite legal yet, um, IRS, if you're listening, please turn off for the next. I don't know, four minutes. Um, That's legally binding. They have to listen. To yeah, them. yeah. They have to listen, right? I said it. So, And I said, please, too. I'm nice about it. Uh, so for us, we're going to use Bovada, which is an offshore book. Um, and again, we, we talked about this on our gambling episode with uh, Nick Deus. So if you haven't checked it out, check it out. Um, odds are very different at different books. Like you're going to find all kinds of different things. So for Bovada, they have to win the Big Ten, Penn State is 15 to 1 behind ohio state michigan nebraska wisconsin michigan state, and minnesota what lay it down so we got big 10 15 to 1 big 10 east is only six to one i know we talked about kind of doubling down but that almost is kind of like a hedge to me like if we win the big 10 east we're gonna win the big 10 i would rather put it on the 15 to 1 That's exactly. right. lay it all down let's do it ladies and gentlemen you're seeing this live in action and I'm actually going to have fun because Spend I was going to make that anyway. Show it to the screen. Can, can we see it? 2019-2020 uh, Big Ten Championship. Odds to win. I like it. $100 to win. $1,500 if $1,500. we win. $1,500. I will right. take a screenshot. You guys will see this. Bet is placed. Ooh. We're in. We're in. Let's have some fun with that. Uh, I did look up your, your bet that you wanted to do of just to get in the playoff. Look how absurd this is. And Nick told us that there are sometimes like 40 to 1, right? 10 to 1. That doesn't make any sense. Makes zero sense. 15 to 1 to win the Big Ten, 10 to 1 to get in the playoff. Get out of here. We're taking the odds. We're taking the juice. We're going to win some money. Yes, lay it all down. So, ladies and gentlemen, again, uh, like I said, this is season 2 for us. Pat, I haven't forgot. We're going to get into your wrestling. Don't worry um this is season two for us we are so so excited for everyone that's been listening uh, our twitter following has been growing we'll be getting more and more listens every every episode uh and and like i said we're going to be consistent with it this year you guys will get two episodes a week uh hopefully some good video content some fun stuff with the gambling we're going to do a whole lot so thanks for tuning in really really appreciate it and pat you got some good wrestling stuff i i've been seeing some tweets you you told me that there was big news it's big let's niche. fill in let's fill in the people on what's going on in the wrestling world all right,
1: so I talked about a couple episodes ago the uh, Zayn versus Yanni at Final X, how uh, Zayn won the first match, and then the second match there was this crazy controversy where Yanni ended the match up on points. Penn State throws in a challenge brick, um, kind of unclear on exactly what they challenged, but the refs go back, the officials go back and overturn a call from like almost a whole minute prior and so then the match just ends with Zayn as the winner and on the world team, which, you know, obviously I'm happy as on the world team, but it was a big very, deal. very controversial. Yeah. Um, so it went to an independent arbitrator, Yanni's camp, basically the wrestling equivalent of sued and the independent arbitrator threw out that second match, uh, completely. Said, yes. Saying that it was an improper challenge, um, that it it was everything was just done incorrectly. The rules state that a challenge has to be in within like 15 seconds or something. So they're gonna re-wrestle at least one match on September 2nd. Wow. Which is Labor Day, right? Labor Day or the day? Yeah.
0: Labor day yeah, I think it's Monday.
1: Yeah. Um so basically if Zayn wins the first match, it's all over. He goes, he's on he's the star of the world team. If Yanni wins the first match, they wrestle a third match. And that decides who will be on the US national team. Jeez. I mean
0: this is this is like kind of unheard of. I'm trying to think of like other it, kinds it's of sports. Absolutely like, unheard of. I'm just trying to think of like in any other sport where they've like replayed something. It's like the I mean, George sure
1: the George, George Brett game almost. Yeah
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, I'm sure there are examples. I can't think of any, but that's that's insane. Okay, so what's your what's your prediction? All the pomp and circumstance, all the hype. Zane is still an incredible wrestler. What are you thinking for this? I can't pick against Zane. I can't do it. Yeah, and man, nor you should. What fun is that?
1: No. Um I'm going Zane. Zane train. Yes, the Zayn train brings the pain and he takes it in the first match. Love it. Love it. Absolutely yes. love it. Um I think if, the- if it goes to the second match, he's in trouble though. Like if Yanni beats him in the yeah. first match, Zane's in a lot of trouble. Okay. It, it tends to be they've wrestled each other a few times and when Yanni wins,
0: he wins big. Or not not even like big, yeah, yeah convincingly convincing yeah Yeah. okay okay so what's what's so obviously this is like world stuff what's the actual like penn state wrestling season does it coincide with football season no it starts afterwards okay okay got it so i don't know um, when the official start is but
1: it'll either be like towards the end of football season or after it's over got it
0: got it well if any of you guys are interested in wrestling check out pat uh on twitter he's all all about penn state wrestling uh i am A fan in awe. I I won't say I'm like all about it yet, but I really enjoy it. I I like hearing about it. So, uh, yeah, we're back in the swing of things for football. You guys are going to get a ton of content, like I said earlier. And shit, man, I'm excited. We are two days away from kickoff. Like, I may sleep in this Sean Clifford jersey the night before. Like, I don't know if that's weird, but it might happen. Um, Do it. And that's it. I think that's it for this episode. I'm rambling. Pat, you got anything else for the fans? Um. Now, just thanks for listening, guys. I can't, uh,
1: can't tell you how much I appreciate all the support we've had over the past year from the listeners, from the players who interact with us on social media, and our listeners who like actually get in touch with us on social media. It's crazy to me. I love
0: it. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. Go state, beat Idaho. We are. Okay, we now welcome on a very special guest live from Nittanyville. It is the president of Nittanyville, Cameron Panace. Cameron, how are you doing, man? Good, how about yourself? Doing great. So you are actually at Nittanyville right now. Tonight's the first night, is that correct?
2: Yes, sir. It's beautiful out. A little wind coming from the mountains. and It's good to be back.
0: That's awesome, man. So what's what's the vibe like? Students are coming in, getting their tents set up. What's, what's the energy there? like? People are uh, probably pretty pumped for the first game.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we should have like around 200 campers this week, which is really good, considering the circumstances of students just getting back on campus on uh, Monday was the first day of classes which is the first time that's ever happened for us but the kids are really excited to get back into Beaver Stadium this weekend and we can't wait to be out there and supporting the team and coach Franklin
0: yeah that's that's incredible man and and I uh, so so to give a little background, I graduated in 2012 and I actually never did Nittanyville, one of my uh, one of my few regrets from my time at at Penn State. Um, <laughs> so I'd love to hear a little bit about the process like you said, you know typically, it doesn't happen where kids are just coming back on Monday. So, is it typically a full week long? Is this week kind of augmented because of that, or how does it typically go?
2: No. So, normally we start or set tents up on Wednesday night, with the exception of the whiteout game. Uh, with the whiteout game, we will we will set tents up on Monday and go through Friday or go to Saturday morning, depending on if college game days in town. If college game days in town, we'll, we we'll have tents up from. Monday to Friday at midnight, and then we'll let the kids go get in line for game day and be a part of all that good stuff.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. So, so that's pretty intense. I mean, being there for a whole week, like you said, kids get set up. What are uh, because I've heard a lot of like uh, the rules, so to say, of like you have to have X amount of people there at all times, or you know, to to claim your spot. How does that work?
2: Yeah. So, uh, right now, the kids actually just signed in on our uh, student management page, which is called Canvas. Uh, after they sign in, that gives them like their line where they get to pick their ticket. Uh, so then they'll come up to Nittanyville, and we'll have a big uh, uh, screen up with um, the whole like a student section and the number of seats per section that they have. And then the kids, whoever signed in first, gets the first selection, and so on and so forth.
0: Oh wow! So you really got to be there early if you want one of those those prime time front row seats.
2: Uh, not really. So you, it's just how you sign in onto the page. So uh, right at eight o'clock, uh, you have to you have to sign in on a discussion board. So if you're number one per se, you get the first selection at seats. If you're number 10, you get the 10th selection at seats. And then our, all of our officers are get uh, seats beforehand, too. So.
0: Oh, that's pretty cool. Okay. So, so you are, yeah. like I said, you are the president of Nittanyville. Sounds like you've got a whole lot on your plate from organizing, setting up, making sure everything's kind of going smoothly. How long have you been involved with uh, with the program?
2: Yeah, so I actually, I'm one of the only, I'm probably the only person that's ever going to say this. I transferred from, Al, I went to Altoona for two years. Okay. So then after that, after I got from Altoona, I came up here knowing I wanted to get involved with Nittanyville and Penn State football. Um, so I came to the meeting, I was a regular camper, While I was already supposed to be a junior. Um, So then after my junior year, I figured out that I'm not going to graduate on time. So I ran for uh, a public relations spot last year, and then I got that spot. Then following that, I was the only senior or I was the only junior on the board at that time, even though I was supposed to be a senior that year. Uh, So then that gave me the first right at presidency, which I got, and then I, uh, that's where I'm at now. And I don't think anyone else can get in a spot and transfer in from a, uh, a branch campus or somewhere, and then eventually become this role as president because it takes like pretty much, it takes four years to breed up or yeah, three years to breed them. I only got bred in one year after being an officer.
0: That's awesome, man. Well, first and foremost, congrats. Yeah. That, that's pretty cool to be Thank able to, to do that uh, and to have yeah, that kind awesome. of impact. So, uh, okay. So let's talk about the the actual the the little village known as Nittanyville, all the tents are set up. So again, not having done it myself, I don't really know exactly what goes into it. I mean, are these tents like fully decked out? Are people bringing you know air mattresses, food, drinks, supplies? Like, yeah. what's what's a typical tent look like?
2: So yeah, a typical tent. It uh, has like the bare minimums in it. We actually most uh most tents are upgraded from your dorms because you're not sleeping in a twin size bed. Uh, <laughs> uh, most of them have, have full size beds, which is a one of the perks of sleeping out at night. Um, but some kids will like during the whiteout week, you'll see kids come up with like games and stuff like that and hang out in there. Uh, but we have a lot of activities going on outside. We have uh, trash can football. The kids like to play. A lot of them do like two hand touch football. Uh, football team comes up every Thursdays. Coach Franklin comes up all the time. Uh, so if you're at those, there's plenty going on and we work with marketing really well that we have a lot of stuff. Going on throughout the year that hasn't even been announced yet that you guys are going to see and you're going to be like, dude, that's awesome! Like, I can't believe you guys pulled that off.
0: Okay, that's exciting. Can you give any sort of sneak peek, any tease, without giving it away? Anything I, maybe? I,
2: I cannot do that.
0: <laughs> I had to. You, I had to pick out a spot. You'll see in a couple of weeks. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. We'll keep our eyes out. Uh, so you mentioned trash can football. I need you to explain this one to me because this is one that, that typically is always included in the videos when the players come because the players are are throwing yeah. the balls with the you guys. Is it actually a game? The, are there rules or are they just like having fun throwing the ball back and forth?
2: No, no, they're actually rules. So there's two trash cans sort of set up like uh, a beer pong game, but yep. they're just two trash cans sit next to each other with the lids open uh, we normally have the trash cans about 30 or so feet away from each other, and uh, each you and your partner each have a ball, and then uh, you try to get in the trash can, and the first one to close both lids uh, wins. And if you get the three overtimes, we put a trash can on top of the trash can. So oh damn! Even more intense. Yeah. That, okay. That's so. This
0: is like some serious stuff. Is there other people like people pride themselves on their skills of trash can football?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, every year we do a trash can football tournament uh, raising money for uplifting athletes, which is Penn State football's uh, main charity that they support throughout the year doing uh, events for rare diseases and I know Sean Clifford's the main guy in charge of that so it's pretty cool
0: yeah that's fantastic i've seen uh, i've seen a lot of a lot of players have been involved in that for obviously the lift for life event that they do on campus but a lot of guys have actually the last couple of years um done sort of uh pledges during the nfl draft combine so you know however many bench yeah. presses they yeah, do totally they'll cool. donate so yeah that's that's really cool okay okay love it trash can football i gotta I'm gonna have to get my skills up for next time i'm out there hopefully i'm getting back to a game <laughs> this year
2: I gotta start. Yeah, practicing let, me know, now. let me know if you come up we we'll, we can get you in a game, definitely, man.
0: I'd love that. Um, okay, cool. So you talked about trash can football. The uh, the team comes up. Coach Franklin. For you, what's been sort of like your favorite event or moment from from your time during it? Does anything stick out? Was there any like you know particular interaction with a coach or a player anything that you can remember that you call on? I
2: mean, probably the most, the one that sticks out the most is Mike Isuki. He came up by himself without anyone just to come up and like talk to us. He still reaches out to us on all of our socials, giving us support. I mean, it's like the little stuff when players just come up, not with the team and not when they're forced to show their support. And that really sticks out to us. And it means a lot.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. So what was that like? So he just came up on like a random day and just hung out with you
2: Yeah. He he, he just comes out. He just comes up and like, I love what you guys do. Like I'm here to support you guys as well. And just came out and talked to everyone, took pictures, uh, when he could have been at home playing video games or doing whatever he wanted to.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool, man. And that's, that's kind of, I mean, that's what you hear about like the Penn state culture, right? You always hear about players that are, it's more than a game. They're always doing something, you know, whether it be using their platform for, for philanthropy, whether they're, you know, going out of their way to help in the community or or something like this, Mike, take it some time to come, come see you guys. So that's really cool. I I, I like hearing that. Um, Something else I've always noticed. So in, in Beaver Stadium, student section, those first couple of rows have the big. Uh, always have the big signs for the players. Is that you guys as well?
2: Yeah. So actually, tomorrow night we're doing a banner making contest. So that is encouraging uh, the students to make banners for the players. So I have three of them. Um, my most famous one is the dominate the state banner that was at hit last year. Yeah. I made that and brought it to the game. I, yeah, I made that and brought it to the game, and that one all over the place with yeah. Franklin jumping into it and, and Sean Spencer posing with it. So.
0: I remember that picture. Yeah,
2: that's incredible. Okay. Yeah.
0: Very cool. Any uh, yeah, any creative cool. ideas coming up for this
2: year's? Uh, so I'm trying to make my group be Clifford's Dogs and have my whole group dress up as a bunch of dogs since Clifford the Big Red Dog was a TV show.
0: Yep. So I, let's see how I'm, that
2: goes. See, I've been trying to think about
0: how to do that because I've seen people do like Clifford the big blue dog, Clifford, you know Yeah so the, I don't we, know how you make group work. already
2: made a banner. Yeah, a group already made the banner and they painted in blue.
0: Okay. So
2: All right. Yeah, I yeah. think that'll
0: probably catch on. I mean it's it's kinda of too easy with his name being Clifford. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so let's talk about the team real quick. Obviously, you know, you guys are so invested in Nittanyville. you are obviously gotta be huge fans of the team and invested in the program. Um, what are your thoughts on the whole, you know, Sean Clifford being named quarterback, young offense? What uh what are you kind of thinking about about this team for the year?
2: Uh, I'm really excited about Clifford. I mean, the little glimpses that we saw of him last year were incredible. Uh, I know he had a couple of long touchdown passes and that one of the best QBR uh, in the country until the Michigan game when he got put, thrown in late in the game. But I think that he can lead the team pretty well. And we have a lot of talent on defense, which is important. I think most people underestimate defense in college football nowadays. They all look at these high-profiled offenses, but I think that Penn State can hold solid on defense and they'll obviously put up a lot of points with uh, Ricky Slade, Noah Kane, KJ, Dotson and Shorter out there and Fryermuth, of course, one of the best tight ends in the country. So they're going to be prolific on both sides of the ball, I think, and easily a top-ten team.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I kind of think the same. Pat and I, my co-host, have kind of talked back and forth about, yeah, we know we're young and we keep hearing that, but like, I don't think it's going to matter that much. I mean, I think I think obviously a lot rests on Clifford, and and you know we got to see him play a full game. But I, I have a ton of faith in that kid, and I think in general, I think this offense is going to click probably a little bit sooner than most people think. Um, at least that's my hope. Uh, and I agree. I think the defense is going to be great. So this week we have Idaho coming in. Um, do you guys have any interaction with like visiting fans at all uh, during the your time at Nittanyville?
2: Yes. Yeah, so a lot of times, like. Students from other schools, like last year, a bunch of Michigan State kids came up and Iowa kids. They're like, I wish we had this at our school. So it's it's actually pretty cool Like when you see away team fans. and A couple years ago, Ohio State fans came up in the droves to see it. Because what's weird about the Ohio State student section is that they're split off into two and they're not even against the railings, So they're pushed back and they're like, I wish we could do this. It's like we're not even remotely close to the field. And, like, it's it's one of the weirder environments in college football if you actually go to a game there because you have no clue where the student section's at.
0: Yeah, I remember I went to one back in, geez, it was probably 2011, 2012, sometime around then. And, uh, yeah, I kind of had the same thoughts of, like, this is, like, for all the shit they talk, this isn't that cool.
2: <laughs> it's, no, it's not. It's, it wasn't anything special when, when I was there. Yeah. Well, I went in, what was that, two years ago when – Saquon returned it. Yep. First play of the game. Yeah.
0: was one of the worst games I've ever been to. Such a beautiful start to that game, only to have our hearts broken at the end,
2: man.
0: (laughs) Yeah, fourth quarter. (laughs) That one was tough, but that's pretty cool. Uh, Opposing fans coming to see it and to marvel in it. Are there other schools that you're aware of that do something similar to Nittanyville? Um, I mean, I'm sure there are some others that are kind of like it, but anything in, in sort of the same capacity that you guys do it?
2: Yeah, so really the only thing that, Sticks out to us is uh, Krzyzewskiville out in Duke. Uh, Okay. Uh, um, We see Michigan State, they have to camp out for their basketball uh, season tickets. Uh, And then there's like a a Camp Camp Tempe, I think it is, out at Arizona State Mm. that will do it for a couple games, but they won't do it for all the games. So, Nittanyville is the only uh like tent City. That's out for every single game. Duke is only out for like the UNC games and all that good stuff. But we're out here every game, uh, no matter the circumstances. And we're the only group to do that. That's awesome, man. I, I,
0: I applaud all of you guys for doing that. Like I said, I couldn't even commit to doing one. Probably because I was out in the tailgate fields getting drunk like an idiot. Um, But, you know, you you kind of pick your pros and cons, right? Um, Exactly. But that's super cool. So one thing I want to talk about, too, you mentioned earlier uh, the whiteout games being sort of a full week event and probably, you know, a heightened spectacle. Uh, Have you heard the rumors this year uh, of that game potentially being a noon game?
2: Yeah, I heard that the ALCS, I guess, is starting at 6 o'clock and Penn State doesn't have a Anyone on TV or anyone yet uh, a TV network hasn't announced anything yet about the game so... Ah, okay, that that kind of makes sense. So, so, so if it's on, so if ABC gets it, it'll be an eight o'clock game, no doubt. If it's on Fox, if it's all dependent on the alcs
0: right right yeah that makes a lot of sense hopefully uh my new york yankees will be in that alcs but that's for another conversation <laughs> um so so for you guys camping out all week camping out most of the week does it do you have a preference on what time kickoff is like do you, would you prefer it to be early so you can kind of get in because you've been out there all week do you prefer like having the game day energy and having it a later kick what's what's kind of ideal for you guys
2: uh i prefer the night games that gives us more time to tailgate actually so if we, we have to be at the stadium three hours early because uh, normal students get in two hours early. So we got to be there three hours early to get all the kids in line. But yeah, the eight o'clock games, it gives us more time to tailgate, more stuff to do throughout the day and uh, a better time, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I love being in there every single time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, that's super cool. I was actually going to ask that. So, so do you guys get the, like the tailgating experience too? Like is there drinking in Nittanyville, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to ask that,
2: but I'm going to ask it. <laughs> Yeah, so they'll they'll tailgate before the games and they'll come in. Uh, some kids will come in drunk. Some obviously won't drink. But yeah, yeah, everyone uh, has their own
0: choice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, that's so. cool. So you so you get the whole Nittanyville experience. You get to tailgate. You get the best seats. What the hell was I doing not joining this when I was in college? That's the real question. That's um, what I'm wondering. Man, I'm I'm telling you, man, I got to get back. So right now, I'm uh, I'm actually Pat and I are both out in Los Angeles, so it's a little bit harder to get back. Um, but if we do get back this year, we will definitely be hitting you up. Um, that's awesome so last thing I have for you uh, and then I'll let you go I know you got a whole lot of things to do probably tonight getting everyone set up so last year there was and correct me if I'm wrong I believe it was the uh, the Taco Bell student section of the country right wasn't that the award
2: yeah the, the live ma student section
0: of the year live ma student section of the year I I think I tweeted at right. you guys I personally believe you were robbed who won Texas A&M or some shit
2: uh Texas A&M won because their game went into six overtimes or seven overtimes and the students stayed. And they said that Penn State didn't have a good showing in the pouring down rain against who knows Rutgers or Maryland on <laughs> senior day.
0: <laughs> oh man, that is brutal. So, so what I'd like to do at this moment, I, I, I almost want to boycott Taco Bell, but I'll, I'll, be very frank with you. I love Taco Bell. So that's not <laughs> going to happen. Um, but what I will do is, I am going to award Nitneyville the first ever No Names All Game Podcast Student Section of the Year award. Congratulations. I know it's a really big deal. How does that feel? It, thank
2: please. you. <laughs> Feels awesome good, coming good.
0: from you guys. Awesome. So please make sure you share that with everyone out there doing the good work, making sure we look good on TV, kind of keeping that reputation up. I know Kirk Street gave us some love recently. Um, forget Taco Bell. You guys are killing it. You guys are doing a great job. So, thanks so much, Cameron. Yeah, we're coming, for coming back on. for that.
2: We're coming back for that this year.
0: Oh, yeah. Is there is there a voting process or is it just they pick?
2: Uh no. So, it's it's like all the uh ESPN anchors like they're in all the games they pick, uh which ones they think and we lost by a point to Texas am and then Clemson was second and LSU was or Clemson was third and then LSU was fourth. Got it. Okay. Well, when it gets closer,
0: you let me know. We'll start like a, we'll start a Twitter campaign. Get get the get the tweets Sounds going. Make good. it go viral. Uh, we'll, we'll make sure they know who the real deal is. Sounds good. Thank you so much. All right, man. Enjoy the week out there. Be safe, and uh, let's go, State. Beat Idaho. All right. Thanks, man. Having a nice night. Take care.